0: are these your notes? These... <laughs> are these your notes about what we're going to say? Uh, anything. Just it. yeah, a short answer. <laughs> so how many novels did you not finish? Oh my Prime? God, so many. <laughs> it
1: was perfect. What's she talking about? This is not a Ooh, A spicy question. I love it.
0: <laughs> this is it, guys. The big secret to getting published is you have to write a good book. Oh, <laughs> you had it here first. We're going say- <laughs> to Hello and welcome back to the Right and Wrong podcast. Today I'm with one of the first guests ever to record for this podcast. One of my absolute book besties, my (laughs) co-conspirator on our new podcast, The Chosen Ones and Other Tropes. Go check it out. It's YA thriller author, Naomi Gibson.
1: Hi, thanks so much for having
0: (laughs) me. Welcome back. How's it going? How's 2023?
1: Well, it's a day three of 2023, and so far, no complaints. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so far. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's talk about the exciting thing, which is in, in two days' time, but by the time this comes out, it will already be out. Your second mean- novel, Game Over Girl, out January 5th.
1: Mm-hmm. Tell us about it. Tell you about it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I'm really excited about it.
0: <laughs> oh, but that's good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, that helps. That
1: helps. Um, it's... The thriller that I've always wanted to write, um, okay. and then it's it's another YA thriller. In case um you don't know who's listening, I, I I write thrillers. Um, so it's about a girl with a dark secret who plays a VR game, and her secret unravels inside of her game world. And um, I I it's really close to my heart because um you know me I love writing about humans and technology and how they mm-hmm. there's like a relationship there between the two things I think. Yeah. Um, and my first book was about AI, so it was only a matter of time before I got to VR, I think.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> true, true.
1: Yeah, so this is that book. Uh, this one is all about VR and how we might use VR um, to um, tackle our inner secrets.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, like, you mentioned Every Line of you, your first novel, also a thriller. Um, so it, they're always, it's, so far, both of them are sort of sci-fi-ish thrillers with technology. but. Uh-huh. There is a romantic component as well.
1: Yeah, I think I like writing a sort of romantic element to books. Um, it's what I like reading, so it makes sense to put them in my books. Um, and I do have that, but not as strongly as every line of you. This one is probably more mm-hmm. of a straight-up thriller. Um, okay, but which I did actually miss writing a romance element um, <laughs> because, like. Okay, from like a craft point of view, they make for really easy subplots.
0: <laughs> yeah, and if yeah, you want to yeah.
1: have something else going on, like a B story, it, a romance is a really good way to to do that. And it's really compelling. Yeah, and it is. Who who doesn't love like people falling in love? You know. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> well, they, they will not they.
1: Well, they will not they exactly. You know. Um, love triangle which you can check out on our other <laughs> podcast
0: <laughs> yeah when that episode comes out you'll be able to check it out yeah so i mean even with every line of you, though that it did feel more thriller than romance yeah do you think you'd ever lean heavier into romance in one of these
1: so that's an interesting question because i think um i don't really read a lot of straight up romances um, and yeah, okay. so i wouldn't really want to write one i think because i probably wouldn't really know what i'm doing yeah <laughs> um, that makes sense because what it for me, I would struggle. I'd be like, okay, so the romance is the A story. What's the B story? <laughs> you know? it's kind of like the reverse, isn't it? You you put the the secondary, the um, what I would call a primary plot, you would put as a secondary plot, and it would probably be would come out all weird. I don't think I would do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you, it, it's actually much harder than I think most people think realize writing romance, yeah. and you have to have the right head for it. Because, I agree. as you say. Yeah, you just you just need to know that 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 you can write a compelling a compelling enough romance with good enough characters and conflict to have uh-huh. that as your main storyline, which I think is so difficult.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think I would probably also gravitate towards someone dying or something really horribly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which okay, does okay. not make
0: for romance. <laughs> <much. laughs> um, would you ever write something that's not a thriller?
1: Um. Yeah, I have written. Um, Oh, can I tell you about it? Okay. Um, so you can tell
0: I- me whatever you want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sell me your soul. <laughs> um, so I just finished writing uh, my first adult horror book. Um, I finished it, I'm so proud of myself, I finished it on the 31st of December at 8pm, so um, my goal throughout 2022 (laughs) was to write a new book, and it was getting to the end of the year, and I was like, oh shit, I'm not going to be able to do this, Um, and a new idea hit me for a horror book, Um, I wanted to write a a straight-up adult book for a while, and and, and this idea hit me in the middle of November, and I chased it, and I finished it at 8pm on the 31st of December, (laughs) I was so trapped with myself.
0: That's dedication.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah. it worked out well for dinner as well. We had dinner like a minute later, so we finished the in time for dinner too.
0: <laughs> it was all quids in for you. Yeah, all so, the cards aligned. <laughs> are you then someone that works best when you are under the immediate threat of an upcoming deadline?
1: Um, yeah, interesting question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this, I think. I was pantsing that book, you know. You know me, i you're mm-hmm. a pantser too, so yeah. Kindred spirits. I'm of, less
0: pa- less pantsier. <laughs> less
1: pantsier, Oh, you? never <laughs> had too much of an influence on
0: <laughs> <are> you. <laughs> yeah, I spent too much time with Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So I'm I'm a pantser, and um, I was just chasing this book, uh, writing pretty much whatever came to mind, and I um, was having such a good time doing it, that um, I managed to meet my deadline. Um, I w- I was tempted to leave it and think about it for a while and maybe it would go into the new year but I was like no I think I can finish it so I just um yeah I I got it to the deadline that I set myself but um I've never really struggled to meet a professional deadline um even though I am a pantser maybe I'm a bit of an organized pantser I don't
0: know
1: (laughs) (laughs) I always I don't know I always seem to make it I don't know I don't know if I rise to the occasion it just seems to happen so um we'll see in the future (laughs) like for the
0: first draft though because I feel like and the, the, well we talked about this before with melissa as well where we were saying like if you do discovery writing aka pantsing it kind of is like doing a plan but your plan is just your first draft your like vomit draft and then and then your second draft is more like what your first draft would be if you were an intricate planner
1: yeah i yeah i think that's probably the case um yeah. i've never handed in like a first draft where i've just pants it i do go back and edit before i would yeah. send it in for example yeah. yeah um but yeah it's always i don't know it's just worked out for me long may it continue <laughs>
0: <laughs> so second book first of all from it's sort of uh from from the inception of this how, how it kind of you kind of worked through it all the way to publication mm-hmm. was it a very different experience from every line of you
1: yes and um, book two was a lot harder to write. and um, I think yeah. you've probably heard this before quite a few times. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure I'm not telling anything new, but book two was, um, a lot more difficult. Um, I, like I've just said, I'm, I'm a pantser. I love to chase an idea, um, and see where it ends up naturally. Whereas this idea, it was a pitch. Um, and I wrote it from a synopsis and I found that quite hard. Um, which right. is, because it was all laid out in front of me and I kind of knew what I was aiming for and I knew what I was working towards. Um, so none of it was like really a surprise to me. And I love to be surprised when I'm writing. I love to like let a story take me to somewhere that I didn't know it was going to go. Um, and just like wake up one morning, um, and you know, not know what I'm going to write that day. And then it comes out and you're like, Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> genius. <laughs> um, whereas if it's like out in front of me and in, in, in the synopsis, I'm, I, I already know what I'm aiming for and I, i find it less um exciting to write i guess um, and I, I i suppose that from that point of view it becomes more of like finding the right words and edging the story towards the right beat that i need to hit to hit my synopsis um so yeah it was a very different process but i recognize that this is probably the way around that books are actually written uh for the industry like <laughs> 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 like it was a two-book contract um and yeah. you know you have your second book locked in already and you just need to come up with the idea and pitch it and they say yes and then you go away and you write it. So there's no, unless you have a manuscript in your drawer, um, yeah, um you know, it's probably going to be that way around for the majority of your writing career. So I recognise that, um, you know, you need to get better at writing from synopsis.
0: <laughs> yeah, because if if, if the, the deal's already locked in, you, you yeah. have to give them a book. You They need to sign off on something that is at least close to in some yeah. degree, what the final thing is going to be. I'm sure yeah. you, there's leeway. You can change it. You can work with the editors and things, but...
1: Yeah, for sure. So, for me, I had um, a two-book deal of Chicken House, which I was really lucky to get. And yeah. originally, my second book was going to be a sequel for Every Line of View. Um, so I tried to be clever. I had written that sequel, by the way. Um, <laughs> and uh, I tried to be clever and pitch an idea for a third book to get another contract. And um i sent my my pitch to my editor and i was really excited um, and i was like you know it's going to be this idea of a girl playing a vr game and inside that game she's building a house and each level on the house is something that happened to her and we go through the house um unraveling her secret because she thinks her mother died and then it, it all comes out how she actually died um and yeah, the more time she spent in her VR house, the more time, the more she discovered that she'd hidden something in the basement, she'd hidden the truth in the basement. And it's all about right. her going yeah. to that basement. And so I, I read this really excited sort of pitch uh, to my editor and she was like, yes, that's your second book. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> God, <laughs> damn <it." laughs> Um So yeah, it was decided that um you can write a sequel whenever you want, I suppose. Like if, you're, yeah. if your first book has done well, you know, you don't necessarily need to write a sequel straight away. And um, so we thought it would be stronger to go out with um, a standalone book in, as a second book of my contract, because just in case that every line of you didn't do that well, you know, then I've got this other book that's a fresh idea and you're not trying to plug a sequel to something that hadn't performed um, as well as they might have wanted.
0: True, true. So- Although, I mean, I do think that some people do need to be told that there is a time limit perhaps with sequels. Patrick Rothus, we're looking at you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking your
1: you. <laughs> me with a wind.
0: Getting back to you. So, <laughs> I mean, you, you led me perfectly onto what I was going to ask next, which was, that was two of two for the book deal that you signed. What yeah. are your next steps as an author?
1: Next steps as an author? Well, I have written an adult book, um, which I'm very excited to um Ram well, in my agent's face as <laughs> soon <Same laughs> as possible, please, Gareth and Um and um yeah and I'm pitching for a second contract for YA books as well. Um, I want to be an author who writes cross genre, cross category. Sorry. Um mm-hmm. because that just makes sense, you know. Um I, I like uh I authors that do that. Like I can think of a couple that come to mind already. Like um V Schwab and Holly Black. You know, and they're writing Neil Gaiman. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I just think, um, as an author, as a writer as well, it gives you flexibility and you can chase ideas, um, whatever category they are, um, and not be pigeonholed into one area. So that would be something that I would really like to be able to do. Um, but in terms of like actual ideas, um, for my YA stuff, uh, I'm hoping I'm going to continue that sort of thriller tech, uh, uh, angle. And I've got an idea about a hologram. Um, and I've got an idea about clones as well, so. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. I like it. You're going through all the kind of cool AI, yeah. the, the, the futuristic sci-fi stuff. I love it. Yeah.
1: That kind of like near future kind of thing. Yeah.
0: So when you say, uh, you're, you're, you're pitching for new YA stuff, is that a sort of open, like, is that you and, and Joanna Malt, your, your agent going out to sort of all publishers or, or are you still kind of talking with chicken house? Do they have like a first right of refusal thing?
1: Yes, um, my contract did have one of those in. Um, I, I'm not actually sure if that's if I write an entire book or if it's okay. just for pitches. But um, yeah, basically, I'm in discussions with my editor at the moment for what will come next. Um, and we're just trying to iron out something that um we both like the sound of. You know, um, because okay. I did find it hard writing book two from a synopsis. Um, and at times it was really a struggle. So I want to make sure that whatever I'm going with next, um is an idea that I can definitely pull to full length because, um, yeah. I think in one of my drafts that I did of Game of a Girl, you know, it, it was only maybe like 45k and that is really short. And yeah. it was only through the editing process that I pulled it to like what it is now, which I think is 67. So, um, yeah, yeah it came a <laughs> away.
0: <laughs> and now that you've done it once, do you think you'd be better at writing from a synopsis now that you've kind of learned the things you need to learn from that experience?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, it's 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 so funny, isn't it? Because when you write your first book, you know it's probably this labour of love. Um, yeah. Whereas your second book, you you do go through this, you go through the same process, but you do it in a much shorter time period. So I wrote maybe like eight or nine drafts of my first book. I only wrote maybe four of my second, but it was just as it was. Um. You know the same developmental stuff going into it. It just like it was all captured within less drafts because of the time constraint. Yeah. Um. So I think I, I've learned a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um. Uh. And um. It was definitely eye opening because that's like I was saying before. That's that's how the industry works really. If you're in contract. Mm-hmm. So, um. Yeah. It was definitely good to go through it, and I feel lucky that I've gone through it where I have because chicken House are so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah and uh, and then with your th- with your third book it's just yolo i'm going to do a different genre a different age group <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah you <yeah. laughs> know so I switched it all up then
0: <laughs> purchase new wiper blades from
1: o'reilly auto parts today and we'll install them for free see better and drive safer with
0: o'reilly auto parts oh, 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 o'reilly auto parts <laughs> um getting back to you a little bit you so you i wanted to talk a bit about the industry itself and now that you've you've been in it and around it for a while but you still have a full-time job um even though you have now two books and, three, and obviously game over girl has literally just come out so that will continue to to grow um but now that you've been through the publishing publishing machine um a couple of times you kind of know how it goes what to expect are you going into this book launch with a more sort of seasoned expectation um, that, than with your debut?
1: Ooh, um, <laughs> a seasoned expectation. I don't know if I'm
0: that seasoned yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, wanted, I wanted to do a neutral a yeah. <laughs> description for those expectations.
1: No, no, no. I'm just thinking like, oh, well, how I learned actually. Um, <laughs> um, I've learned
0: nothing. <laughs> I've learned
1: nothing. Yeah. I just turned up. Um,
0: yeah, I...
1: I, because I work full time, um, I use a lot of my leave to write. So, uh, uh-huh. I think I struggled, uh, last year in 2022, um, for time off that was genuine time off, you know, when you're not writing and you're not actually working. And I think I became one of those people who were like, Oh, so how do I, what do I do by my free time? You know, if I'm not writing and i'm not working it it was really difficult so i think what i've learned um for this book is to just protect your time protect my time um and i think i, I said this to you before I, I think um i was shouting myself hoarse online um yeah. i've got a book coming out everyone <laughs> needs to buy it you know i'm being i'm being a lot more careful this time around not choosing where i put my energy choosing um how much I try yelling about it because you have no control over other people and whether they will buy it or not. And I think I've realized that that's definitely something I've learned um, in the fact that no matter how hard you try, you can't force people to buy your book.
0: Yeah, Um,
1: true. So it's just like this time around, I'm definitely being more careful and choosier with with what I do in terms of promotion and coming on excellent podcasts like yours.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're in some ways it's you're taking care of yourself better
1: yeah i'd say so for sure definitely mental health wise as well um because yeah. it can be so all-consuming you know if you let it and mm-hmm. you can get so obsessed with figures and um rankings and how well something's doing and it's just like it's not healthy um no. and i think even though so working full-time and trying to write is really difficult i don't think i could ever be a full-time writer because I think I would need something else to distract me from sales, from marketing. And um, um, because it's just too personal, you know? It it's just it's it's almost like you're you're putting your 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 baby out there and people are judging it. And then you're seeing these reviews come in and, you know, what if they're not good and it's just too hard to sit there and watch it happen. So I think I would need something part time even just to distract me from publishing world. Um, yeah yeah force, just,
0: force you to kind of switch it off just yeah for, exactly
1: just to, fo- just to force me to think of something else for sure uh,
0: that's something interesting I- so let, let's talk I want to talk a bit about a bit about numbers here because I talk to a lot of people who who don't know about publishing don't know about writing you know they'll my my friends family will, will ask me questions it's like oh how does this work? how does this work when you have um an advance uh you, you, you get an advance um, and then, am I right in thinking, that works by you earn it out by uh, by selling books and you, you will only ever see the return of book sales once um, your advance has been paid out.
1: Yes, that's correct, yeah.
0: Okay. So did you have this, was it the same advance for both your books?
1: Yeah, so it was a two-book deal with the same uh, figure for both books, yeah.
0: And do they... When do they give you the advance for the second book? Is it after they've accepted the pitch?
1: Yeah, so it probably depends on your contract. Mine was, so my advance for both books is split into three. Um, when I signed my contract, I got the first part of my advance for both books. Okay. Um, so for easy figures, let's say your advance is £3,000 and it's split into three. So when I signed my contract, I got a thousand pounds for my first book and a thousand pounds from my second book.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then for the second part, you get your next chunk, um, sent to you when, when they've accepted your manuscript. So after you signed your contract, you go and you edit your book with your editor uh, until it's ready for copy edits. And at that point, when it's ready for copy edits, um, it, the publisher have probably accepted the manuscript and that triggers the second part of your advance um so i got the second part of my first book and then on publication day you get the third part of your of your book um so at the moment um because it's the third of january and my book is published (laughs) on the fifth i I haven't got my my last part of my advance for book two does that make sense
0: yeah that makes sense no that makes a lot of sense and also it, it kind of works both ways i feel like both the author and the publisher are protected but with that system i think so
1: yeah I, I think three three parts works really well because you everybody knows where they're at with it and um, but i've heard people's advances being split into like five or seven stages and it's like that sounds oh. really confusing. I don't
0: know. So. <laughs> okay, so, so it does vary uh, book to book. I think so. Publishing author, house. Publisher publisher.
1: Yeah, I think that's maybe more common in America, but I'm not 100% sure. I've heard of it more of a bear. Um, three yeah. seems to be quite common for the UK, but I, I don't know.
0: Okay. And I mean, I, I know that all of these all of these contracts are almost all unique you know there's there's always yeah there's that too no. i don't think to... there's
1: the one off the shelf <laughs>
0: yeah exactly yeah, yeah. no two authors will, will, will likely have the, the same they'll have similar contracts but there'll probably be a few differences between them and that's mm-hmm. to do with the agents as well so yeah it's a for whole sure. it's it's lots of juggling of things up in the air uh
1: do we have to talk about our earning it
0: I did, but I yeah. didn't know how to phrase it. <laughs>
1: okay, well, I'll, I'll lead on.
0: Go um, on. You, why don't you just take over the interview from this point on? It's just fine.
1: Well, so, Adam, um, after you have received um, your £3,000 advance and it's all signed off and it's publication day and you've had the last part and you've got all of your advance and your agent has taken their cut, um, you then have to out- we don't have to, but it's it's ideal if you out earn that three thousand pounds. and the way to do that is through um hard sales of books or through uh foreign territory um deals. So
0: So does that mean ebooks uh, wouldn't count or, or Oh like sorry, audiobooks?
1: yeah. No, um ebooks, um, audiobooks help as well towards your advances. Okay. Um, the way that I out earned mine, uh, for every line of you was uh through foreign territory sales. So I did it, every line of you actually did amazingly well it um was like nine territories in 11 countries um and it got options for a tv series as well um, and so what happens is all of those advances that you get offered by those foreign territories go towards your uk advance um i think i get 80 percent of them and my publisher gets 20 percent of them so they've made money off them as well it's not just like it doesn't always go yeah. to me um, and the same for the tv deal that helped me out earn as well um and um so let so your your advance is three thousand pounds let's say and all your foreign territories have pushed you up to your three thousand pounds so you you've basically um out earned your advance and anything after that that you get you get um purely to your pocket um within the terms of your contract so like i just said your publisher will take 20% of whatever you get foreign territory wise you know that's what's in my contract yeah, and any sales that you that you earn after that three thousand pounds would be royalties. That's how you start triggering royalties.
0: Okay, so um, can you out earn your advance before it's been paid out in full?
1: Um, yes, technically that has, that was what happened to me with every line of you. I knew that I would out i out- out- earn it straight away, but I didn't get any of the money until my royalty statement.
0: Right. Okay, okay. Okay. So
1: it's like, I knew it was coming to me, but you don't get it until you get your first royalty statement.
0: Okay. That's really interesting. That's, uh, it's really good to know going into these kinds of things, how, how these, how these works, how, how the kind of minutiae yeah. uh, interacts. Um, cause I think most people probably don't, know or, or think about these things before they get into it you know you're just very enthusiastic about writing and you've got an agent and you've signed with a publisher and it's all it's all great but it's good to okay. know the details so- um and st- i mean staying on the theme of expectations what uh what tips would you give to writers who are just getting into publishing now maybe they've just signed with an agent or they've got interest from a publisher ah
1: wow what tips would i give and um, Congratulations, (laughs) first of all, (laughs) if you signed with an editor and a publisher, that's really, really exciting. (laughs) Um, Tips-wise, I would try and form a good relationship with your editor. Um, I get along with mine really, really well.
0: You not know, cassia lupo <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> the very same no she's um, great we love cassia yeah she's so um easy to chat to she's really friendly Um uh, i have a good relationship with her and i'm comfortable pitching direct to her and just copying my agent in um you know i i'm comfortable asking her questions i obviously it's a professional relationship um yeah. and i don't like <laughs> tell her everything because that would be <laughs> you know probably go against me but um yeah. And, uh, yeah I, I just get i would get try and get to the point where you have like a good rapport i would say um with the yeah
0: editor. that's not always the case though i mean that's um a lot of people will do all of their pitching to their agent and their agents will will do most of the of the talking in that relationship
1: yeah that i think so and um, and then yeah that's what they're there for as well um yeah. use your agent absolutely um I'm not saying don't, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> if anyone's reading them, so. that. They are both uh, very different um, sides of the table. And yeah. um, your agent is definitely on your side. But um, yeah, it just if you can strike up a good relationship with your editor, it's never going to hurt you. So,
0: No, of course not. It, it, it's always, I mean, everyone, it, you want to be working with lots of people who are sort of like-minded to some degree. You're all trying yeah, to create the best possible book you can.
1: Yeah, and like, you know, it's a small industry and people get reputations. You don't want to be one of those authors. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> Maybe I should wrap this up before this gets scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I don't mean it. I don't got tea. I'm just saying, like, it's a conversation. I want to be open to conversation. I don't want to be one of those authors who's hard to work with, so no one wants to work with you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I basically what I'm trying to say.
0: Um, well congratulations on uh, I was going to I was going to dial it back here but you already mentioned it that you and anyone who anyone who who follows you on Instagram or Twitter will already know this that that you did finish your manuscript on Yay. the day before New Year well, on New Year's Eve mm-hmm. uh and you and and you, and you already told us what it was so uh <laughs> horror is, is this going to be your new genre Are you going to is horror a pivot that you'd be interested in doing
1: um yeah you know it's so weird i never thought i'd be a horror writer i i only probably <laughs> that horror horror is scary like i only really started reading horror maybe like three years ago um uh, and yeah i i think there's certain types of it that i definitely gravitate towards i love psychological horror this is probably that i would say um
0: that crosses over kind of into every line of you and game over girl to a degree
1: i'd say so i think game over girl is probably quite a psychological thriller um, but I find people fascinating <laughs> on psychology. Um, yeah. so yeah, I think psychological horror is something I definitely like to dip a toe in. Um, what was your question?
0: Which is family. Sorry. Uh, but before we, before we, before we kind of, uh, outro this, uh, in, into the next thing, <laughs> I did want to ask, um, always fun to ask people, especially when they've been on the podcast before, uh, how much has your, and we, we did touch on it. Um, how much has your approach and style to writing uh, evolved since since way back when you first started writing? And I know you still do panting slash discovery, mm. but have you tried plotting? Have you have you have you experimented with different styles?
1: Yes, uh, this year I've experimented quite a lot with post-it notes, um, okay. <laughs> which I have discovered are not for me. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, okay, but I tried, um, but again. I, so I'm, I'm quite a big fan of the three act structure and the whole thing with post-it yeah. notes is that you can stick your first act down and stick it again on the second act, blah, 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 blah. And you can move your post-its around and it's quite good from that point of view. Um, but again, you know, I can see it. I can see my book and I don't like it.
0: <laughs> I like
1: to take it taken by surprise because right. as you're writing it and then, you know, when people are reading it, they're taken by surprise too. And that makes for really nice, natural little twists. And yeah. and that's kind of what I chased down, I think. Um so personally, notes were interesting for a little while, but I don't think they're for me. Um okay. so I I've stuck to my main method of just scribbling on a big whiteboard.
0: <laughs>
1: and, <laughs> that's um, cool. Wait, you
0: have a big whiteboard, that's cool.
1: Yeah, probably I'd, So so and just looking at the one I've got behind me for the horror book that I just wrote and actually it's turned out nothing like that, so that's quite funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope Melissa's um, listening to this. Yeah,
1: some of the shivering away. Pulling her hair out.
0: <laughs> okay. That's quite funny. Um very cool. You've already put a book in the Desert Island library. Um, I have. I'm, I'm completely blanking on the name. I remember the plot of it. It was about uh locking secrets in a book or something.
1: Yeah, it's called the binding. I think the that's binding, probably that was still it. my answer. I think I would yeah. still take that. I was reading it the other day actually. Um which you know, if I don't really go back to books um, I'm not really a re-reader, I think. So the fact that I've reread that one, I think, says a lot. So yeah, I still take the binding.
0: <laughs> the binding, it is There's amazing. A- well, thanks so much for coming back on, Naomi. Always Thank a you. pleasure chatting with you.
1: Yeah, thanks so much.
0: And. For anyone listening, uh, if you want to keep up with what Naomi is doing, you can follow her on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at Naomi G. Wright. Mm. Uh, You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Right and Wrong UK or on Instagram and TikTok at Right and Wrong Podcast. And you can check out our new podcast with Melissa Welliver herself, The Chosen Ones and Other Tropes. You can find that at the other tropes on socials. No yeah. At the chosen tropes on socials. I'm new <laughs> to this. I'm sorry.
1: How <laughs> are Jamie?
0: I've not done that shout out before. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, awesome. thanks so much for listening. Thanks, Naomi. And we'll see everyone on the next episode.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Thanks for hanging around to the end. Now, let me tell you about Right Mentors Hub a subscription to write mentors hub gives you access to an online community where children's writers at any stage of their writing and publishing journeys can interact share advice offer support develop craft and advance their careers from craft talks to tiktok strategies a shoulder to cry on while querying agents or marketing advice for your soon to be published debut there's something for everyone every day is a writing day for hub members with an ever-growing range of initiatives like critique groups workshops pitching events writing sprints q a's and many many more the hub is constantly expanding so go and check out the write mentor website for the full an up-to-date list of member-only benefits. You can get your first month completely free if you enter the coupon code wrong at the online checkout. That's W-R-I-T-E, the and symbol, W-R-O-N-G, at checkout for your first month free. So go join the hub, Write Mentor's supportive community of storytellers, because writing can be lonely, but it doesn't need to be.